Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. Hey, what's up? It's Erica. Me, Alan, and Maria work really hard on this show. It's basically our baby. (laughs) But we know it could always be better. So we want to hear from you. We have a listener survey going and we want to know what you like about the show, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, what topics interests you, where are you from, who are you, all the things. It literally just takes eight minutes to complete and it's at kqed.org slash the bay survey. So if you have a little bit of time, maybe you're waiting in line for something, you're waiting for the BART train, you're on the bus, fill it out kqed.org slash the Bay Survey, and thanks. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Berkeley is home to one of the first Asian American bookstores in the country. East Wind Books was this tiny, very unassuming bookstore on University Avenue that was deeply connected to the Bay Area's history of student-led activism. But after 41 years, East Wind Books is closing its doors. In order for a bookstore to survive, it has to be something along the lines of a community center that helps give voice to the community. So we've been able to do that. East Wind Books was dedicated to uplifting Asian-American stories, hosting community events, and publishing books that no one else would. Today, the history of one of the country's first Asian-American bookstores and the OGs behind it. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
Eastwind Books has always been about activism. Iris Kwok is a reporter for Berkeley Side. Eastwind Books is across the street from a McDonald's in downtown Berkeley. It's two to three blocks from the UC Berkeley campus, and it is a tiny space. I actually uh, went there a couple of weeks ago. It was closed, unfortunately, already. But um, one thing that stuck out to me was a poster on the window that said Asians for Black Lives Matter, which felt very significant. And that was sort of the energy of Eastwind Books, I guess. I know the seeds of Eastwind Books were really planted all the way back in the 60s. What was happening in the Bay Area during that time? Well, you may have heard the phrase Berkeley in the 60s. And so that was very much the the sort of vibe that was happening in Berkeley and in, across the Bay Area, right? The Asian American movement grew, of course, out of the civil rights movement. Well, I was part of the uh, Asian American Political Alliance at UC Berkeley. The current owners of Beeswind Books are Harvey and B. Dong, and they were extremely involved. We were involved in a uh, Third World Liberation Front strike that established the first ethnic studies uh, department, I think you could say, in the country. Harvey was one of the, you know, as you mentioned, the Third World Liberation Front strikers, and he was part of the group that invented the term Asian American in the first place. And so that we even have an Asian American studies, ethnic studies program at UC Berkeley. You know, Harvey is kind of one of the leading forces behind that. And I know Beatrice had her own background as an activist. What was her history? Beatrice, or B as Harvey calls her, she grew up in Oakland and she even in her time at Oakland High, had been a, you know, activist. There's a really iconic Nikki Iri photo of her protesting police brutality. She went on to become one of the first students in the Asian American Studies program that Harvey had fought for. So Harvey it sounds like is very active in a lot of sort of the era's civil rights battles happening around this time. B is as well. Can you tell me the story about how Harvey ended up co-founding the country's first Asian American bookshop, Everybody's Bookstore, uh, when he was just a student? Harvey and B were both part of this movement to save the I Hotel in San Francisco. And for those who don't know, the International Hotel was this site of these very heated battles between low-income, often Filipino tenants and, you know, these landlords who wanted to sell the land and build a parking lot. The Asian American Political Alliance, one of their final acts as a group was to, you know, buy, buy this little bookstore in the basement of the I-Hotel. About 10 of us pulled together 50 bucks each, and we opened everybody's bookstore. In Chinese, it means uh, bookstore of the masses or people's bookstore. And everybody's bookstore was really 
the first of its kind when the I Hotel ended up being demolished and when they ended up having to move shop a couple of blocks over, they couldn't they couldn't afford to keep running. Okay, so uh, everybody's bookstore closes, but it's it sounds like an important seed that's really planted. And then one thing that leads to the opening of Eastwind Books is actually when Harvey and B meet because they're actually living these sort of parallel lives as activists, it sounds like. And then they eventually meet. Right. What is the story there? It's such a sweet story. I think they had been volunteering or protesting and he had seen her, you know, late one night and offered to drive her home. From that, their their relationship kind of grew. He had this white Volkswagen and the door had been smashed. He had gone to a junkyard, found a replacement door that just had a it was a totally different color and you know, he went and attached it to this car. And then he eventually gave B that car. And so it just, ah, young love. (laughs) And they had a lot to relate on, I imagine. (laughs) Um, And a lot to talk about, too, I bet. How do they end up opening Eastwind Books in Berkeley together? At Berkeley, there had already been Eastwind Books, right? The original Eastwind Books that was part of a chain, it, its offerings were, you know, Chinese textbooks or books that were had an even more niche audience, I would say. It's, you know, U.S.-China relations. Even though, you know, these were some more niche offerings, they still went to the bookstore and they didn't want to see it close. And so in, in 96... This was also a time, it was a couple years after B had been in New York City and she had been shot in the back of the neck and paralyzed neck down. She, she, she uses a wheelchair. And in, in, the, in the 90s, when they, when they bought the store, Harvey, in his, in his book, describes it as a quote-unquote good healing mechanism because it it really kept them busy. It, it gave them a goal to work toward. Because people always ask, well, what can you do with an ethnic studies degree? Well, the most logical answer uh, for us was to open a bookstore to promote uh, Asian American lit and ethnic studies lit. And you mentioned that Eastwind went from selling Chinese language books, books about Chinese uh, American relations, to a more Asian American focus, right? I mean, when they when they bought the bookstore, they would start to order books that they cared about, that they wanted to read. The the word Asian American is really reflected in how many groups are involved inside this inside this store and inside its offerings. Over time, we networked. We met authors. Uh, we um, made a lot of friends and contacts in the community. If Asian American were to be a bookstore, this would really be it. So Harvey and B have owned Eastwind Books since 1996. What role has, has Eastwind Books played in the Berkeley community? For one, 
it was a safe space for students like I was to browse around maybe before a boba date or something but more than that it was really a a space for building community and for people to get inspiration from all of the Asian American authors that were on display there yeah they i know they they published several unpublished authors who couldn't get their books published at other places is there an example that comes to mind for you of of one of those authors or books? One of the first books that they published was by Filipino-American author Patty Enrado, and it was a novel. It was called A Village in the Fields, and it's a story about a Filipino farm worker who struggles for civil rights. Patty, being Filipino-American, had done so much research for, for writing this story. When she had written a bulk of it and, you know, brought it to publishers, they kept turning her down. Obviously, a publisher, what they look at, a commercial publisher, I should say, what they're looking for is often a profitable book. And at that time, this is 2015 around, they decided it wasn't worth a gamble. And so Eastwind, with their crowdfunding, and they pulled together and printed and published that book. Well, Iris, why is it closing? Because of a rent hike. Their lease is something called a triple R lease, which means that their actual rent amount is a little bit lower, but they have to pay for, you know, building repairs and utilities. And so their landlord doesn't put any of those bills. And so at the end of the year, last year, they were handed this bill for a roof leak. That that kind of was the tipping point, right? It, the bookstore had never been much of a moneymaker. So we always have to scramble to meet the, uh, the rent and the costs. I'd say that because we've been at it for 27 years, we felt that um, it's time to uh, open a new chapter. They weren't able to find somebody to take over the store or continue it. And so they're closing, but they're just closing the brick and mortar. They are going to continue selling some books online, which is great news for the UC Berkeley Ethnic Studies Library, which gets a lot of books from them. You were talking earlier just about how it was a place where people, it sounds like, could go to and just feel safe and also seen, I guess, and to see a bookstore full of Asian American authors. And that could be, it sounds like very powerful to have that. There are, in in Berkeley, it seems increasingly few places where you can go in without the expectation of having to spend a lot of money. When, when I shared this story about East Wind Books closing, one of the tweets that struck out to me was someone who said that they had been stuck in downtown Berkeley for some time, and as a queer, queer Asian American, they you know, kind of looked around and were like, oh, there's the, there's this bookstore. Maybe I should go wait there instead of in this McDonald's after I've finished all my food. And the the next tweet is just, I wandered across the street and was like, an Asian American bookstore? That seems safe. 
It was Eastwind. I think that little example, it shows just how, how a place like a bookstore is just seen as this safe area where you can, you know, go in, browse, and you can maybe stumble into a great conversation. There's a lot of uh, positive vibes and positive energy that uh, came out of this store. People inspire each other as well as the store itself. I guess you could say embodied a lot of that. It's just such a crucial part of Berkeley community or any any community really. Well, Iris, uh, thank you so much for uh, your reporting and for sharing it with us on our show. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. That was Iris Kwok, a reporter for Berkeley Side. This 38-minute conversation with Iris was cut down and edited by our intern, Jalen Herdman. It was pitched by me and produced by Holly McDeed, who scored this episode and added all the tape. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. And thanks as well to KQED culture reporter Ariana Preol, who gathered the tape with Harvey that you heard in this episode. And a reminder again to take our listener survey literally just takes eight minutes and it's really going to help us shape our show and make it better for you. KQED.org slash The Bay Survey. I really appreciate you for doing it. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randal Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.